This is the reality. Hello again, welcome to The Reality. My name is Dudley Anderson, so good to be with you for the next half hour or so, talking about the sure reality of life through Jesus Christ. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported ministry. You can find out more at our website, surereality.net, or drop me an email, dudley at surereality.net. Today on The Reality, we're speaking with Andrew Goodwin, who was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Andrew discovered the realm of false perceived reality while he was suffering from this debilitating mental illness. Schizophrenia is a type of psychosis. Sufferers are not always able to distinguish their own thoughts or ideas from reality. They endure muddled thoughts based on hallucinations or delusions that are not reality. Patients lose an interest in everyday activities and they want to avoid human contact. However, like so many physical and mental ailments, Schizophrenia can have its origins in demonic activity. Demons are very real entities. Like angels, demons exist in the very real spiritual realm. But unlike angels, demons are malevolent evil spirits under the control of the enemy of our faith, Satan. And unlike angels, demons can infiltrate our minds and our souls, thus controlling our behavior. Demonization can occur when an evil spirit takes up residence in the human mind or soul which results in obscure human behavior, often misdiagnosed as mental illness. It is fact that schizophrenia is not always demon possession or demonization. However, demon possession or demonization can produce the same symptoms as some mental illnesses like schizophrenia. Sadly, this was the case with Andrew. Many people don't necessarily realize that when somebody is taking drugs, it can open up their mind to see and experience spiritual things and the things of the kingdom of darkness. I was given some new age books. I was sort of convinced that I had supernatural powers. So I just kind of had a, had a schism in my brain and I had a mental breakdown. Whilst I was a young child, these demonic forces were able to minister lies into my heart. And these things actually became the reality that, that I perceived. Well, speaking to Andrew Goodwin on Skype today, thank you so much for joining us, Andrew. Uh, you've got an incredible story to tell uh, of your own experience with schizophrenia, and I believe it started early in life. Tell us your story. My my first, uh, the thing that kind of led up to me getting diagnosed with schizophrenia when I was 17 um, was um, some different experiences that I had in my childhood. For example, when I was a, a small child, uh, my mum had asked me to go and get ready for bed. Mm-hmm. And my family weren't Christians. They didn't have any faith of any kind. Mm-hmm. And as I came to the bottom of the stairs and looked up to the top of the stairs, I saw a green figure at the top of the stairs. Mm-hmm. And it had yellow eyes and a, and a horrible smile, with a sort of ghostly figure mm-hmm. um, staring at me. Wow. And it really, really scared me. I kind of I was kind of paralyzed with fear for a few seconds, and I, I called out, "Mommy, mommy, there's a monster at the top of the stairs." Good grief! And she took took me upstairs and took me into bed, and I was very scared. And um, I didn't didn't see that figure again at any point during the time I lived in that house. But the amount of fear that that opened me up to was um, was quite unreal. Hmm. 
I had a baby sister at the time. She would have been about a year old. And I started to think like panicky things like, oh, the monsters are going to get my sister. Hmm. And so from that point on, there was things that um, my parents would often just blame on my imagination. Hmm. Uh, there's other things where I felt like that there was I was being watched, um, where I felt just uncomfortable and, and nervous um, around people growing up. Um, and as I got a little bit older and um, started going to secondary school and stuff like that, um, around that point of being about 11 years old, I ended up getting molested whilst I was around at a family friend's house hmm. um, by an older uh, guy. But uh, on top of the fact that that happened, and that was a very sort of scary and um, confusing thing to happen, mm-hmm. At the time of it happening, um, I, I felt like I could hear uh, lots of laughing going on around me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, audible voices. Um, and, and, and that was incredibly scary. And I, after that had happened, like something had snapped on the inside of me. I really wanted to talk to the parents of this of this guy. Mm. I really wanted to talk to my parents, and it, and I felt like in some kind of way that that they knew. I mean, obviously, they didn't know, mm-hmm. but it, it just seemed to me like that 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 they knew, and they they could see the the pain and the and the the anguish that was in in, in me. As time got by, getting to sort of about the age of thirteen, um, I started smoking marijuana mm. and obviously young people's minds at, at, at that age they're still not sort of uh, they're just looking for identity they're, they're they're not really sure of who they are mm-hmm. so i got in with the wrong crowd i wanted to fit in i wanted to be a part of something i was kind of easily let so i kind of ended up throwing myself into either party and drinking at quite an early age and my my parents didn't know what I was doing, I started to go off the rails. There was this deeply instilled lie, I would say, in my heart that I believed that I couldn't trust my parents. I think because whenever I tried to talk to them previously about supernatural spiritual things in my own sort of limited childhood way, I was always told, I can remember it many, many times, oh, it's just your imagination, Andrew. Mm-hmm. It's nothing to worry about. Um, and uh, both of my parents worked in a um, high-security mental health prison. Oh, right. um, so they were around some people who, had, uh, who were in there because they'd done really quite horrific things. It not whether they were open to um, spiritual forces and, and demonic forces, mm-hmm. whether they were open to them or not, they were certainly used to being around them. So maybe they were sort of desensitized to mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the the darkness of, of uh, the demonic that can be operating um, in people. Mm-hmm. And of course, being sort of uh, atheistic, their sort of worldview was was much more of a materialistic worldview. Um, Going through my school years, it's, it's kind of funny because teachers would often say to me, oh, Andrew is so bright, he could do so well. But um, unfortunately, my my drug taking 
and the, and the path that I'd chosen to go along with my drug taking took me um, more and more into what I would kind of consider the realm of unreality mm. where the, the, the things that I would see because I'd, um, many people um, don't necessarily realize that when when somebody is taking drugs and as I said earlier someone who is a young person taking drugs it can open up their mind to um, see and experience spiritual things mm. and the things of the kingdom of darkness mm-hmm. that they don't understand and and a lot of the time when people then you know they come off the drugs and or they you know they're not on drugs they just put their experiences down to well that was just something that was going on in their head because mm-hmm. of the substance that they were taking mm-hmm. typically people have been taking drugs um, throughout the centuries to get in touch with the spirit world um, since the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. So I, I, as, as time went by, I got into um, taking drugs like ecstasy, LSD. I was given some new age books um, by my auntie. Uh, sort of around the age of 15, I was sort of convinced that I had supernatural powers mm. um, and that, which needed developing, um, that it was part of the evolution of, of men, uh, of mankind, kind of like the, the in the movies, like the X-Men movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I was a special one, like I was a chosen one, like I was some kind of forerunner. Uh, eventually everybody would be aware of these things. Um, you know, I thought that we had the power to basically manipulate and change reality um, with, with, with our own will. About the age of 15, 16, I had a, a kind of a, a scary encounter. Um, um, I used to spend a lot of time with, with, with an older drug dealer who was um, selling marijuana, and I used to spend a lot of time around there. And um, I lived in a village outside of town. It would take me an hour to walk home. Um, so most Thursday, Friday nights, uh, Saturday nights, I'd walk home sort of quite late. As I got out of town, I felt like there was some people following me and I don't know whether to this day or not whether these people actually were following me or not, but I could hear voices like, oh, he's over there, look, um, and stuff like that. And as I walked out of the village, um, I was quite quite scared. I, I, I made it to the – there was a village in between my home village and, and the town, and I was really scared, and I ended up um, running and hiding in somebody's back garden. Hmm. They had the TV on, and it felt like – the TV was then talking to me. Oh. Uh, it, it was very, very surreal. And so I tried to start communicating with what I felt was this, um, this, these entities that were behind the TV. Mm-hmm. And sort of about the age of, of um, 17, I felt like I could actually control reality through the, through the television like it was some kind of interdimensional vortex of, of when, when we as humans and on our spiritual soul side had the, had the power to do that mm-hmm. um, and so one time I was just at home and I was watching the, the Houses of Parliament on TV and I was pointing at the TV and I was trying to use the, the, my magic on the, on the ministers in the House of Lords trying to make them stand up and sit down and stuff like that as I was doing that, um, my dad came in into the living room. At that point, he, he said, Andrew, what are you doing? And I had this real schism in my brain. I had this kind of brain lock. Because on one hand, 
everything that I was doing, everything that I believed to be real, I had been hiding from that for, you know, all these years. Mm. So on one hand, say like this i'm not just i'm just controlling reality dad through the power of my mind and on the other hand i i thought i could say nothing at all so i just kind of had a had a schism in my brain and i had a mental breakdown my my dad bless him um who's obviously say he's a mental health professional he's worked with people with um, schizophrenia and psychosis um since i was born um he took me to see the doctor the doctor prescribed me some medication so like for what was probably a couple of week period i was laid on my parents sofa pretty much unable to do anything for myself i felt like um my my consciousness sort of retreated um deep deep down it was almost like i was comatose um and after seeing a psychiatrist um and obviously regaining a lot of my motor skills and stuff um I was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. You're listening to The Reality, produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. We depend on the generous gifts of our listener to produce this program. You can help reach millions of folks with the sure reality of the message of Jesus by becoming a Sure Reality Vision Partner. To partner with us, please visit the website, surereality.net and click on Become a Vision Partner. You're listening to The Reality with me, Dudley Anderson. So good to be with you. Just to remind you that I do appreciate emails very much. Perhaps you're listening up to today's program and you have some questions. I'd love to answer those questions or perhaps refer you to somebody who can. Write me an email, dudley at surereality.net. Email me, dudley at surereality.net. Today on The Reality, we're speaking with Andrew Goodman, who was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Andrew had had paranormal experiences as a child when he saw what could only be described as a demonic apparition in his childhood home. As a teenager, Andrew became hooked on Class A drugs and indulged in New Age teachings. He eventually began hearing voices and felt that he was being followed, typical symptoms of paranoid schizophrenia. Andrew was diagnosed with the condition and placed on strong medication. Most mental illnesses, like paranoid schizophrenia, are a result of chemical imbalance or life-changing traumas. However, especially when the individual has opened themselves up to the occult, often schizophrenia is the result of demonization. Andrew's experience was such. Let's find out more as we speak with Andrew Goodman via Skype. I asked Andrew an upfront question. Did he believe that his schizophrenia was the result of demonic activity? Yes, yes. Um, I mean, in in my understanding and in, in my experience, obviously the the medical world has got a materialistic view on what mental illness is. Mm-hmm. So they would say that there is a chemical imbalance in the brain. Uh, you know, whether that's hereditary or it's caused by trauma. Um, my, my understanding is is that um, the many, many mental illnesses, whether it's um, bipolar, schizophrenia, uh, even um, depression and stuff like that, is and can be caused by some form of um, demonic oppression. Now, obviously, the brain, is the, the mind is a very complex thing. The, the Bible speaks about things as, as, as a man thinks, so he is. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and and we know that the Bible says that that, that the um, the world li- lies under the power of the evil one. Mm. So 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 for me, um, you know, I think of the scripture as well. Um, if you are my disciple, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if if you have a scale, and on one hand you've got lies and deception, and on the other hand you've got truth. Now we know that if we are Christians who have accepted Christ and um, we've been born again, then there is a there's a transformation, and that there is the truth that brings us into that freedom that is in Christ, mm. which is amazing. Mm. But on the other end, end of that scale. If it was possible for people to believe a lie about every single possible conceivable thing, then that's going to also be confirmed in the way that then they view reality, whether or not they're having hallucinations or not. Also, um, by the time that that um, I had the meltdown, um, I was having intrusive thoughts all the time. Um, I was seeing things... Um, I was seeing shadow figures. I was seeing, um, to me, it looked almost like everybody had demons inside them. It was like I could see darkness in everybody's eyes and stuff like that. Um, I I had um, paranoia and stuff like that, which is obviously another um, big hallmark in in terms of paranoid schizophrenics. Um, But for me, I've come to the understanding that whilst I was a young child, um, that, that, that these... Uh, demonic forces were able to minister lies into my heart. So, you know, and you are worthless. You, nobody can love you. Nobody can help you. Nobody, you can't trust anybody. Um, you know, we're going to get you. And, and these things over and over and over again actually became the reality that, that I perceived. Also, I believe that the devil can only take ground in our lives that we are prepared to surrender to him. And so one way you'll try and do that is by force, and a different way is by temptation. Mm. And, and, and I often gave in to these things, and I felt like it, once I, you know, <laughs> give the devil an inch and he'll take a mile, as it were. Yeah, this is true. So, so tell me, um, after you were diagnosed with schizophrenia, you undoubtedly went on, on, on to medication. Um, but when did Jesus, when did God step into your life and, and how were you eventually delivered? It was about four years later. Um, I was living in sheltered accommodation. Hmm. Um, I was spending all of my money on, on um, drugs and alcohol. Um, I wasn't looking after myself. Um, I would go around my town and pick up, pick up cigarette nubbins to smoke. I'd sometimes eat out of bins. Mm. Everybody that, that knew me saw me as that messed up guy. I was lost in lust. I was lost in addiction. I was, I was dirty and smelly um, and malnourished. I didn't used to necessarily even eat on a daily basis. Um, I'd kind of come to terms that there was something wrong with me. Mm but it didn't make it any easier to understand what was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And then um, one day I was uh, walking through my hometown and there was a guy on the street who was doing, he was a first year Bible student at, at Matsey Hall Bible College. Um, and he was trying to talk to people about Jesus and uh, a mutual friend uh, introduced me to him and uh, he was talking to me and I didn't 
really understand what he was saying because I'd never really heard the gospel before. But he asked me if he could pray for me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. Yeah, we went around the corner and he started praying for me, started speaking in tongues. Wow. And as he was praying for me, I felt this this amazing um, power um, envelop me. Um, it came upon me, as it were. And as he was praying, my eyes shut, uh, my hands fell out in front of me like I was like I was holding something, hmm. um, and I, and I felt this um, this tangible presence of of God, of goodness and wholeness, wow. and inside of myself, it, it felt like that, like all the the darkness inside of me kind of like pushed right back, like it, it, there was nothing that had ever happened to me before um, that was like powerful in in that way. And, and as he was praying for me, he said to me, you know, um, uh, Andy, I, I really believe that God wants to heal you of schizophrenia. Um, do you want to ask Jesus into your life? And it, it was even a battle just to say yes. Hmm. I felt such an internal struggle, but I said yes. And I asked Jesus, like, Lord, please come into my life. Forgive me of my sins and help me to live the life you created me to live. And that powerful experience was the first step in my journey um, of beginning to walk with Jesus. And so I think uh, in that experience, um, it was so alien to what uh, your childhood was and your early adulthood was. Uh, it was just a, such a contrast, uh, the experience of that, that pleasure, that peace that you experienced. Um, how, did, how did you, what did you do after that? Did you start looking for more of this peace? There was an Assemblies of God church in town. Um, I went there, um, but I, f- I felt very uncomfortable. Um, and they asked people to come up and give testimony. Um, and I didn't know what that meant. So um, I, I was kind of like, I, I, I knew I'd found God. So I, I got up and, <laughs> and bless them, they must have been thinking, oh gosh, what's this guy going to do? <laughs> and I got up and started singing Oh Happy Day um, from <laughs> Sister Act. And um and then, like, I was looking around, and people were looking at me, and I, I ended up not going. I didn't go back to church, but the pastor did give me a Bible. I took the Bible back to my flat, to my small, small bedsit that I got, um, and I tried reading the Bible. And very strange things would happen. Like, I would, I want, I pick my Bible up to try and read it, and my own arm, against my will, threw the Bible across the room. Wow. Um, and I, I would hear. Like the, the 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 voices in my head were, were were becoming more intensified, so I would hear just screaming in my head and stuff like that. And I actually got worse. I I became I began to despair of my life because I didn't know how God how God was going to get me through it. And then it was probably about five or six months later that I bumped into the guy that had um, helped me to pray, mm. and. I started going to church with him. He started coming around to, to my place and praying for me. Started um, discipling me. I um, mean, he 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 was a relatively young Christian himself, and he'd been an alcoholic and a heroin addict for uh, something like twenty five years. Um, and he was in his uh, first year. He was a single dad doing his first year at Bible college. But as I say, he we would go to church three times on a Sunday, and so I got to spend time around Christians. 
Um, and because he was there, it made me feel a lot more comfortable. And a lot of people just loved me. Wow. A lot of people, um, yeah, just blessed me. And, and I got into learning the, the worship music in church and stuff like that. Um, so then, you know, I, I was also learning to pray. I was um, calling on God for help. And then about six months after I got baptized, my friend took me to a, a couple of healing retreats. Before we went to the healing retreats, we went to uh, some conference, which was called Freedom from Freemasonry, which is about breaking generational curses and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, we actually were on the front row. As the guy was preaching, I started uh, manifesting all kinds of weird faces, uh, and I, I was finding it difficult to control my body. I felt like my face was becoming like a vampire face and a werewolf face, and oh. I just like I just wanted to scream, like I wanted to to hurt the people that but, but that at the same time there was a conflict because I, I did, really didn't want to do that but i felt like that you know that, that this demonic stuff inside of me was really not happy that my, my friend and some other friends that were there could see the sort of difficulty and the turmoil that i was going through and we went to a retreat where i actually finally got delivered from the majority of the spirits that were in me wow. and that that's a powerful time and um I remember two people praying for me, one on each one on each side, and they were commanding the demons to go into Jesus. I, I let out this this terrible scream, and I felt these these things leave me. Wow. I felt again this this peace. I felt like the peace of God entered into me, in in the depths of my soul, in places that that I didn't even know existed within me. Mm-hmm. Because, because almost like my soul was so twisted up, uh, there were so many strongholds in my life. There were certain areas. It's almost like where the enemy was in my life. Those areas were actually denied to me. You know, so once they were gone, it was like I was able to rediscover myself. I mean, I was. I actually, from that point on, I actually learned how to laugh. Because oh. up until then, I'd never really, never really felt genuine positive emotions yeah. like growing up as a kid my laughing would have been fake laughing just to try and fit in it wasn't long after that that i felt the lord say to me that he wanted me to trust him that i was healed and that i was to speak to my doctors about it so i did that i spoke to them that i feel like i'm recovering and i'd like to come off my medication mm. And over the period of, of a, a year or so, um, while I came off medication, um, by the end of it, his actual words were, it's a miracle, Andrew. And, you know, so I've been off medication for um, nearly 20 years now. I do drive. I've been working full time and I've been uh, leading a fruitful life. The most important thing that we can do in our lives is to put our trust in, in, in Jesus and to know that Jesus, as God, he has got authority over all things, whether it's physical or spiritual, mm. and he gives us authority as well. Um, he, he says in the Bible that uh, I've given you authority over um, serpents and over all the plans of the enemy. When we've got Jesus in our life, we have nothing to be afraid of. God, God sees everything. There's nothing that, that our Lord doesn't see. And he's seated on the throne. He reigns on high and he cares about you and he cares about your life. 
So that would be my encouragement. Just trust in the promises of God and let God work these things out with you. Today on The Reality, we've been speaking with Andrew Goodwin, who was delivered from schizophrenia, from a perceived reality into the true reality of life as found in Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. If you've heard anything today and you have some questions, I'd love to answer those questions. Please write to me by email, dudley at surereality.net. Email me, dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. With your help, we can produce these radio programs to impact lives around the world. Please consider becoming a vision partner with us through the website surereality.net. Click on Become a Vision Partner. From me, Dudley Anderson, to you as always, keep walking in the sure reality of Christ. Christ.